Hello and welcome to another episode of KISS Dog Training's Dog Podcast with professionally certified dog trainer Mike Deeth. Today, Mike's talking about a couple of really timely topics, kids and dog training, or training kids around dogs, and the use of muzzles for dogs. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Kiss Dog Training's podcast. It's Mike, and we are going to talk about one of my recent clients. Um, this was a client where we are basically um, doing some puppy training with an English bulldog. Uh, family has mom, dad, older sister, younger brother. Uh, the little brother is about six, seven years old. Um, and has kind of a, um, how do I describe this, a Macaulay Culkin kind of personality. If you've ever seen Home Alone, the scene where he puts the after, aftershave on his face and he goes running through the house yelling and screaming with his hands above his head. Um, it's very typical um, six, seven, eight-year-old boy behavior. Um, but ironically, it is also the kind of behavior that is going to get a dog all riled up. And if I'm riled up and you're running and we're having fun, I'm going to chase you and I'm going to grab your feet or I'm going to bite your butt or I'm going to do different things that parents are going to look at and go, we can't have this. So um, in talking to the parents, we did the first session. We started the hand feeding process. And if you're not uh, familiar with that, um, just check out the YouTube channel or check out the podcast and just look for hand feeding. But basically, it's basic resource control. I'm going to be kind of working with the dog with their food for the first 30 days. I'm going to be hand feeding them, and we're going to be working on skills. Well, in that second session, I give people about two weeks worth of practice, and then I come back and we do the second session. And the second session is really the introduction of leashes, long lines, starting to work maybe with the command stay and really starting to focus more on the redirection command of leave it. Whereas if you're chasing somebody and I say leave it, you should stop, come back to me, and I would reward you. Now, that sounds all wonderful, and it is. But when you have um, a young child, a young dog, the personality of a bulldog, and a family who's trying to figure out how to do all this at once, it can be a lot. So as we were going through all this, the question came, how can we safely practice this stuff? And this is where, as trainers and as clients, we've got to think outside the box every once in a while. So Dad had been doing the lion's share of a lot of this training. And I said, okay, I've already worked with you on the leash in the house of walk to one area of the house, ask for a sit, say stay, release the dog, move to another area of the house. And we're doing all this on leash so that we can normalize the idea of a leash. So I think it's really important, and we'll probably do another video or podcast on this topic, is why do I start leash training inside the house? Well, if your dog can't walk beautifully inside the four walls of your house on leash, why would you think they could do it out in the distraction of the world and the neighborhood? So I always start inside the house with a leash. Then I take the leash to the backyard. Then I'll take the leash to the driveway. Then I'll start the actual walk on the sidewalk out in front of the house, maybe two or three houses each direction. We'll build the walk. Then I might add one of my dogs to the walk so there's actual distractions that can be controlled. 
And then we're going to end up maybe in the fifth session going to, you know, a pet-friendly retail establishment, you know, a hardware store, pet store, something like that, and see if the dog can handle those distractions. Well, in this case, all of those topics really seemed past what this little um, 16, 18-week-old um, bulldog puppy could handle. So the, the idea that we came up with was, okay, Dad, I want you to hold the leash. And really, you're just playing the anchor point. You're going to keep the dog on leash. And I want the little boy to have his own treat bag. And I want him to ask the dog for a sit, give the dog a treat. We're doing all this, this obedience work now with a six or seven year old. But dad has got hold of the leash as the anchor point, helping make sure that the dog can't get overstimulated. If so, we just pull the dog back. He'll use a leave it command. He'll give the dog a treat. Then we can go back to working with um, the young son. And we did this for about 15 or 20 minutes. And the cool part of everything was watching the face of the little boy as he all of a sudden realized, hey, wait a minute, I can get the dog to listen to me if I reward the dog. And I think it's really cool when we can take the next generation and we can teach them, I don't have to yell and scream at the dog. I just need to ask the dog, teach the dog, and reward the dog for what I want. And, you know, he would run, which would trigger the dog. And then, of course, we had a teaching moment of don't run, walk. But Dad was working leave-its on the backside as the anchor. The boy was going different spots in the house, asking the dog to sit, asking the dog to lay down. We had him doing watch-me's. He was putting about five seconds of duration before he would release the dog to his hand. And it turned out to be just an awesome um, kind of way that dad and son could even work together to train the dog, which then added a bonding moment not only between the little boy and the dog or the dad and the dog, but now the dad and the son working with the dog, and now everybody's working together. Um, got an email a couple of days ago that a lot of the problems they were having have gone away and that they have a lot of lot more tools um, that they can use to kind of work those issues when they when they see them. So the the overriding idea here is maybe that this is something you could try yourself. I would at least have a trainer there the first couple of times so that you've got kind of a coach who's talking and making sure everything's going. We have the person with the leash who's the anchor and we have the other person who's asking the dog to do stuff. But it's really more if you get stuck, you got to think outside the box. You know, this is something I've done maybe, you know, I can count on two hands, maybe 10, 12 times over the years, okay? But when you need these kind of ideas, you've got to be able to think outside the box and add them. And this is where getting a good positive reinforcement certified and insured dog trainer is going to make a big difference. Also, look at the, the, the time the dog trainers got in the business. Um, experience counts um, and always look at the Google reviews but be willing to look outside the box this was a really simple fun thing that we did uh, with a young son his dad and me kind of coaching off to the side and I was I was kind of excited to be part of the process and I thought that it might be something that people um, could use you know who are either watching this on a video or listening to the podcast or whatever but just remember, don't wait for the dog to make a mistake and try to correct it. Teach the dog what you want. Reward the snot out of it. 
and then you're going to have a behavior that is repeated on a regular basis. So again, this is Mike with Kiss Dog Training. Love the topics you've been listening to. Remember, Mike has written tons of books on dog training and all are available on Amazon.com. Just search the name Mike Deeth, D-E-A-T-H-E. They are available in audiobooks, ebooks, and in print. Keep It Simple Stupid Dog Training, KISS Dog Training for short, has been helping owners understand their dogs since 2010. We specialize in complex cases such as reactivity, aggression, anxiety, and fear. We offer in-home sessions in and around the Kansas City metro and virtual consulting for those outside that area. We are the dog trainers that focus on training owners, not dogs, emphasizing rewarding what you want and redirecting destructive behaviors into good ones. You can call us at 913-269-7595 or email at info at kissdogtraining.com for more information and help. Wow, that was a great topic about getting our kids involved in training, Mike. Tell us about using muzzles on our dogs and puppies. Welcome back to the Kiss Dog Training Podcast. Today we are going to tackle kind of a controversial topic of muzzles. Um, I, you know, I don't use them a ton, but, you know, when it comes to reactivity, aggression, dog bites, um, I think that we need to get past this, uh, what do we want to say, this, this, um, bad mojo people have when they see a dog in a muzzle. I think the most important thing that we can remember is that somebody who has taken the time to positively condition their dog to wear a muzzle, using it in public to keep their dog safe and to keep them from being able to practice behaviors that they and a trainer are trying to improve, modify, or manage, um, we should really celebrate these people. We shouldn't go, oh, look at that person with the terrible dog. Um, you know, let me let me just, you, we'll start there, okay? And, you know, the flip side of this coin is, I whenever I train a puppy, I ask the clients to condition their dog to having their collar put on and off, harness on and off, go buy a, um, you know, the cone of shame or the Elizabethan collar, you know, that you wear when the dog has had, you know, like a spay or a neuter surgery to keep them from licking. Um, and we also work with muzzles. And people will ask me, well, what's the big deal? Well, these are all items that the dog has never worn before. I mean, it's not like they come out of the box um, accustomed to these items. Um, you've got to take time. You've got to get them used to it. You've got to pair it with food and treats and make it a positive experience. Um, you know, but, you know, the collar, the harness, even the e-collar are less restrictive to the dog than the muzzle. So of all of those things that I try to get everybody to condition their dog to wear, the muzzle's probably the hardest. 
And the biggest question I get is, well, why would I want my dog conditioned to wear a muzzle? I don't even know if they're going to need to ever wear a muzzle. And I kind of giggle and smile, and I say, that is the exact reason why you should take the time to condition your dog to wear it. Because you never know when it's going to be necessary. If your dog gets hit by a car, if your dog rips a toenail off, um, anything that can cause extreme pain um, is going to elicit maybe growly, bitey behavior from a dog while you're trying to help them. And if they've never, ever experienced having a muzzle put on or taken off or gotten used to wearing one, it's going to be a real challenge to get one on the dog. So there's a good reason. Number two, we want dogs that are okay with being touched and handled and managed um, in different ways. And really the best time to teach the dog that these are positive experiences is when they're puppies, not when they're um, adults or adolescents or when all of a sudden we need one of these, these devices. So, you know, kind of you know, think about this, we, you know, I think we need to get rid of the stigma of muzzles, number one. Number two, I think we need to start earlier and get dogs used to wearing them. And we need to realize how restrictive this is to the dog. This is not something you just slap on a dog and make them wear. It is one of those things that you smart, you start off, um, I always preach the idea of short duration, high frequency, and under threshold. What that means is we're going to practice two or three, maybe four times a week of, here's a muzzle, you want to put your face, you know, put your face in the muzzle and you get a treat. Then we're going to up it to, I'm going to put it on and we're going to go through a sit and a down and we're going to do this and we're going to reward and we're going to get the dog used to wearing it. It's not something that we can just practice for a week or two. Um, I will say that I have found a lot of really cool um, videos on YouTube and I have kind of migrated them into a playlist on our YouTube channel called Muzzle Training. And if you look through those, you get to see just, you know, how long it's really going to take to get a dog comfortable wearing this device. Um, I guess this would be another point to talk about different kinds of muzzles. If you go to your veterinarian or your groomer, they may very well just put a um, slip muzzle on where it's going to be a fabric tube that they can put on the dog clip behind their head and the dog physically can't open their mouth. Okay, now that's intended for we're going to trim nails, we're going to take blood, we're going to do it quickly and take the muzzle off. I would still say that a basket muzzle is better in those situations, but the faster uh, option is going to be that slip muzzle. When it comes to a training situation, we definitely do not want to use one of those because the dog's going to be in those a little bit longer. And if it holds their mouth shut, they can't take treats, they can't pant, they can't really eat or drink, so it's very restrictive and you don't want to leave a dog in one of those kind of muzzles very long. I like basket muzzles. I think that they are going to provide the, the opportunity where the dog can drink out of a bowl, the dog can take treats, the dog can pant, um, the dog can experience life and not have to worry about anything else. Um, but again, it's one of those things that we have to start small and build up. You know, it's funny when I deal with reactivity and aggression cases and we've got a muzzle on the dog, the dog does tend to calm down once that normalization period is done with the muzzle. But the other aspect of wearing a muzzle is it gives some grace to the owner of that dog to realize my dog is safe. So the owner's energy level 
and anxiety drops, which then has a positive effect on the dog because when the owner calms down, the dog tends to calm down. So a lot of times we use these and it makes the owner feel so much better. They just decide, well, you know, hey, if I'm going to put my if I'm going to put my headphones in and listen to a podcast, um, I want to know that if somebody surprises us or we meet an off-leash dog who's, you know, roaming the neighborhood, that at least my dog is safe. Now, flip side of that, if there is a lot of off-leash dogs, remember, if you've got your dog in a muzzle, your dog can't protect itself anymore. Okay, so it's your job to do that. Um, I do think it's important to be dealing with a um, certified, insured dog trainer to help you through the muzzle process. But I don't want anybody who's watching this to think, you know, the stigma of I have a bad dog because I'm wearing a muzzle. On the fl what I would rather think is I have a wonderful owner who's taking responsibility for their dog and doing what's best for the dog. It's, a, it's the most responsible choice. Um, and there's lots of dogs who have reactivity issues, and when they go out in public and I, they, the owner knows it's going to be a, a tough um, experience, the, the dog is wearing a muzzle because they don't want the dog to practice bad behavior. And God forbid they don't want their dog to do damage to another dog. So, um, you know, this is a, a really complex topic that we're covering in kind of a short period of time here. But the takeaways are, do not mess with people who are wearing, you know, a their dogs are wearing a muzzle. Don't add to that stigma. Don't give them dirty looks. Don't call animal control and say you have a dangerous animal in your neighborhood. Instead, you might want to say, you know, you know, way to go. You know, you're doing the responsible thing. You're making sure the dog is safe. And hopefully they're working with a good positive reinforcement trainer that then can help them with counter-conditioning, redirection, commands like leave it, even using a clicker um, to help classically condition the dog that the triggers are not so scary anymore and that I can pay attention to mom and dad. Uh, that brings us down an entirely different you know topic, but um, we did have a um, comment on Facebook asking us what we thought about muzzles. And I think that they are a wonderful tool that, if used right, can help a dog tremendously. On the flip side, if you use the device wrong, it can make the problem a lot worse. So, if you've got any questions, give us a call. Um, the phone number at the office is 913-269-7595. You can also get hold of us at Info Kiss Dog Training. Remember that we have you know, a podcast, YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all sorts of social media. But let us know the kind of topics you want or, you know, what I think about certain things, and we'll, we'll cover them um, in, in the detail that um, gives you my opinion. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in once again. And uh, I guess the last thing, please um, message us on Facebook or Instagram or through the website, infokissdogtraining.com. Tell us what you want us to cover, and we will do it. Thanks for listening. This is Mike, and come back and we'll talk dog again.